0: Welcome, everyone, to the Weekly Touchdown. I am Andrew Hammergren, alongside Nick Sanert. Uh, today, you know, there's a, not a ton to talk about in college football, but I'm glad to be back in here.
1: Yeah, I'm super excited, too, and uh, there's there's we're, even though there's not a lot to talk about, I mean, we got some big recruiting. Hopefully, it's going to be a big recruiting week, or if you're listening to this, it was a big recruiting week for N- Nebraska. Um, I know we got one a couple days ago or just a couple uh, yesterday. Yesterday, yesterday out of Omaha West, side, yep. uh, Omaha West Omaha Side. So that was a good plus for the defensive backroom and
0: Travis Fisher. So um, what's on the docket for today, though? All right, so we're going to go over some of the uh, conferences that are still having college football at this moment. Uh, today is Tuesday, August 25th, so things can change by the time you're listening to this. But at the moment, these conferences are playing football. So we have the ACC, the Big 12, and the SEC. We're going to kind of go over – what our predictions are going to be for those teams uh, in this upcoming season. Uh, We're going to also kind of briefly discuss the quote-unquote protest at the Big Ten headquarters that some of the Big Ten parents held. And then we're going to get into some Nebraska recruiting. Like Nick said, we're going to dive in a little bit deeper on that. We're also going to throw in the NFL in here today. Um, You know, there was a big weekend and a big controversy uh, within the NFL. 77 false positive tests that ended up being negative. we're going to kind of talk a little bit on that. Earl Thomas was released over the weekend. And then uh, talk a little bit about Dak Prescott and his whole situation. So we're going to get started in college football. ACC, you have last year's runner-up in the national title game, Clemson. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to, of course, have them winning the ACC yet again with Trevor Lawrence leading the way. Mm-hmm. So, how do you see the ACC going about this year, especially with Notre Dame joining the mix? So, uh, that's what makes it interesting, is Notre
1: Dame. And so, not saying Notre Dame's going to be a powerhouse um, because I don't think they will be, but you, you kind of hit it right on the head. We talked last episode about Trevor Lawrence um, in comparison to Justin Fields, and he's right up there as an NFL body kind of guy. I, I think. Clemson will run away with this the conference. Um I think they'll be the number 1 seed and I think that they're going to probably win the the national championship just okay. because in my opinion Ohio State's not in their way to to you know kind of put a a rock in their path. I don't think I think Ohio State was really the only team in the country that could compete with them. Now yes, you're going to get close games maybe against a Virginia Tech, maybe against a um you know Georgia, stuff like that. And don't get me wrong, I think Georgia's going to be very, very good, Um, but I think Clemson's better all around. I think Um, you know, and it's it's kind of interesting though because if you remember a long time ago, they were having a ton of positive tests. They were. It was
0: it was a big. That was like mid June. It was, and so
1: everybody thought, oh, oh, wow! So Clemson's about to you know cancel all activities, and the Big Ten was fine at that time, but. Now it kind of flips it around, does a one eighty right there, and Clemson's playing and is probably going to be the number one team in the country when it's all said and done, and have that probably the number one draft pick, and then the Big Ten's not even playing, and so I think the ACC's it's going to be a conference to watch, but in comparison to the other ones, I think that I think the Big Twelve will be very
0: interesting, actually. I do also think the Big Twelve is going to be interesting. You know, here's the thing: Notre Dame is a great team. They have what uh, Desmond Howard would say, the cachet. Mm -hmm. They can get all those recruits in. And, I mean, you know, I really can see Notre Dame giving Clemson a run for its money this year. Yeah, Uh, I think that would be a really good championship game, though. Clemson and Notre Dame, two possible playoff teams in any other year. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're going to be playing in the championship game, I believe. Who do you have as second place in the ACC? In the ACC, I I mean, it's got to be Notre Dame, probably.
1: Um just because oh and I realized I made a mistake I said Georgia didn't yeah I, I you did, did say Georgia earlier I meant um I was thinking about Georgia Tech but um because I feel like Georgia Tech led by Geoff Collins um down there former Temple coach I feel like he hasn't really been able to get it going I don't expect this year to be the year but I'm just saying that um you never know what's going to happen in those in those games but with Clemson I mean you have to look at it and say okay North Carolina is really really supposed to break out this year Mac Brown's really supposed to break out tons of people are giving them or drinking the kool-aid on them I I don't see it and I think I agree with you and since Notre Dame's kind of joined the conference I think that they're probably going to finish right behind Clemson
0: right and actually I'm gonna touch on the Georgia Tech a little bit I also really like what's going to go on in Georgia Tech here coming up um the thing is, is Georgia Tech has always been historically the triple option. Mm-hmm. They're trying to now transition into that pro style kind of offense. So, and especially being down in Atlanta, you have, with this whole name and likeness thing, you mm-hmm. have a bunch of big companies in Atlanta. I was listening to another podcast and I'd heard the head coach for Georgia Tech talking about how, even through this whole pandemic, all these kids were able to uh, um, do internships yeah. with all these different companies. And that's something that's a big deal to them. And I really think that they're going to be able to get stuff done. Uh, here in a few years, not this year. I don't. I think it's gonna be a rough year for them. But and then, like you said, North Carolina. I believe in Mac Brown. I believe that he will get it done. Kind of like how here at Nebraska, I believe Scott Frost will get it done. Yeah. But give him a couple years. I mean, Mac Brown is a Hall of Fame head coach.
1: See, and I'm I'm gonna interrupt you there and say I. They're obviously doing it on the recruiting trail, and so like, I think I think they're doing a very good job on the recruiting trail. Um, for people that don't pay attention, I, I'm. last time I checked, they had a top 10 class for sure. Um, there's a lot of talent down in the southeast part of the country, as Nebraska fans know. Um, this Huskers uh, coaching staff is known for going down to Georgia, to um, Alabama. That's where we got Logan Smothers from last year, and obviously Florida. And so there's a ton of talent down there that Mack Brown and his coaching staff has ta- or have tapped into compared to where... Um, I believe Larry Fedora was the name of the, the previous head coach down in Chapel Hill, and so he, he just didn't do it as well as Mac Brown does, and so I'm waiting to see it transition onto the on-field of success, just like you said, we're waiting for Scott Frost for it to dr- transition to on the field, and until you prove on the field that you can win, granted, recruiting doesn't mean much, it's all about development once they get here, and after they sign their their letter of intent.
0: Right, and then also what also helps North Carolina is having a guy like Sam Howell yeah. leading the helm. I mean, yeah. he's a pretty good kid as well. He is. All right, we're going to move on to the SEC. Uh, you know, yet again, it's going to be an interesting year because the SEC—they're not going to be having their cupcake games anymore. It's going to be every single game is going to mean a lot. It is. To them. It is.
1: And and I'm I'm interested to watch that because it'll be interesting to see. You know, in week towards the end of the season you know when they're used like you said they're used to those cupcake games against Tennessee at Chattanooga and UMass and all that and those 55 to 6 victories you know they're able to sit some guys and rest them for a half of a game right that's not going to be feasible this year and so it's going to be very interesting to see how teams handle substitutions how teams handle with in, if there's injury bugs and here's the thing is they could still get the, the, the thing that nobody's, or okay, people have talked about it, but it's not talked or talked about a ton is that what's going to happen when midseason somebody, a starting quarterback or a starting wide receiver or Najee Harris from Alabama gets COVID? What's going to happen? And so are they going to suspend the game? Is it going to be like an MLB thing where, okay, yep, we're going to push it back a week. And then, are we going to be playing football all the way into November and just, or into December? So that's where you got to think about okay, what's what's going to happen? And I don't know if the I'm sure the conference, the boards have talked about that. They have a plan in place. I haven't heard of anything like that, but who knows what's going to happen? And so it's going to be a thing where people have to kind of adjust on the fly and say, "Yep, we were supposed to play, supposed to play LSU this week. Their quarterback got COVID. They want to quarantine their whole team for two weeks. Now we don't play them until." from two weeks from now and so that's the thing is is there going to be a plan in place and so the thing is is we just don't know what's going to happen and so it's going to be kind of a kind of a tricky situation once something like that does happen because you could be out you could Alabama could be losing their their top running back Najee Harris and their top wide receiver week one and then that's kind of kind of hurts them for the rest of the season because now they have a loss on their record. And so it's it's going to be interesting. And I know we're going to talk about the asterisks later on. And mm-hmm. so that will be kind of an interesting to t- discussion to tie in with all this talk as right. well. Right,
0: And as well with the NFL having yeah. all those false positives. Because that, I mean, the NFL is not immune to that kind of stuff like we see. In college, the same thing can happen. Najee Harris could have a false positive. Exactly. And, um, you know, I really think that it's just going to be a lot of stress on the college football community, even more than there is right now. Uh, so who do you have winning the SEC? It's hard to
1: go against Alabama. It's hard to go against um, Daba, or excuse me, Nick Saban. Oh, my goodness. Um, Nick Saban. LSU, it hurts losing Justin Jefferson. It hurts losing Joe Burrow, obviously. It hurts losing all those guys. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It hurts them. Um, and I don't know. Ed Ordron is obviously a heck of a coach.
0: Awesome. I, d-
1: I don't know if he is a Nick Saban caliber kind of coach. I don't know if he's a Davo Sweeney kind of coach. Um, and so you just don't know how it's going to... how it's How it's evolved from last year's dominant, crazy good team that they had with Joe Burrow leading them to... And they lost Thaddeus Moss as well, so that's another right. one on the offensive side that you just don't know how it's going to transition from a national powerhouse. What's this year going to bring? Obviously, they're going to probably be good. Mm-hmm. I don't see them making the college football playoff, and so I, uh, I, I don't, I don't know if I would say that they win the SEC over Alabama.
0: Okay, but you have them. So in the West, you'd have them probably second place, so right yes. behind Alabama. Yes. all right, I can agree with you on that. I mean, Nick Saban's a He's one of the best coaches of all time. anybody, Absolutely. Everybody can agree with that uh, statement. But the thing about LSU, they lost, I believe, was it 11 of their starters to the yeah. first round alone last it year? It was, it, was, it was insane. It was a generational-type team. It it's, was amazing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think LSU, the thing about these teams is we're going to see how are they able to have guys step up. And when you have the passing game coordinator and Joe Brady, who made a big difference last year for that offense, as we could tell. Um, we'll just see how that goes. And, the, ah, man, who's that um, – is it Jamar Chase? Is that that wide receiver yeah, still there? Yeah, Okay, yeah, another first-rounder next year. So it's not like they're losing all their weapons, but they lost quite a bit.
1: Well, and sorry to interrupt you here, but they lost Joe Brady to the Carolina Panthers. Did he? And so he's now with Matt Rule's staff – after he went from Baylor to Carolina Panthers. I did not know that. That must have flew right under my radar. Yeah, so it was uh I believe he's the offensive coordinator. And so remember, I believe he went from the Saints to LSU and now he's in
0: Carolina with the Panthers. Wow. Working with Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> so Wow, that's wow, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, in the West I'll have Alabama. In the east, I'm gonna have Georgia. Yeah. I think uh Jamie Me Newman, too. I think he's gonna get that starting job. Yeah. Um, you know, he was a fantastic quarterback at Wake Forest. I think he can lead Georgia. Um, you know, I think of course the East is gonna be a little bit weaker than the West. Mm-hmm. Um but you know Florida's right up there as well.
1: Yeah, a lot of people are, are buying what Dan Mullen is selling. Okay. And yeah. um they you know, last year they I believe if I remember correctly, they started out like top ten team in the country. Yep. And they didn't play very well opening night. And so it's I, I have, I'm yet to buy into, buy into Florida, but it's a very good possibility. And I'm sure Florida and Georgia meet up at some point this week. I don't know the SEC schedule off the top of my head, but um, I'm sure they meet up at some point this week and it's, it's gonna be a barn burner for sure. It'll be a highly highly competitive game between Kirby Smart and Dan Mullen down there. So
0: who do you have winning?
1: Georgia. Georgia, I, th- I think Georgia is the more complete team. I think Georgia um I think Kirby Smart's a better coach as well. Um and like you said, Jamie Newman, I think Jamie Newman's a better better player.
0: Right. Um and I have it pulled up right here. Um it is Florida at Georgia November 7th.
1: I think I think the the the, the key component there is it's at at Georgia.
0: But what's the home field advantage going to be like? Of course, it's there's some sort of home field advantage. I mean, there's so many different variables that happen. That make a home field advantage. Sure, you have the fans, and Georgia has a great fan base, large stadium, all that. But Florida, you know, they have to do all the traveling; they mm-hmm. have to stay in the hotels. I mean, it's just not the same.
1: That, and then you have to worry about turf or like field surface, right? Because obviously, yes, like Nebraska's turf and Georgia's turf, but Florida's they're not. Dress, right? I I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm saying that not all turf are the same, and so right. it's like you, you just have a different feel. You have a it's it's a it's different components even though there are no fans in the stadium. But I think we're gonna see this year how how much of a jump it is between having fans in the stadium and not when you're on the road. Because right. you don't have that crowd noise. And, you know, yes, teams may implement artificial noise. I, I haven't I haven't read anywhere that they are. I know the NFL was talking. Yeah, about I know it. NFL was talking about it, but if college ends up doing it, yes, it's noise, but it's not
0: it's not the same. It's you not don't get. Real. You don't have that same vibration and energy yep. in the air. Exactly. Uh, that you know that people uh, feed off of. Um, so, like we both have Alabama, Georgia in the championship game. I'll take probably Alabama in that yeah, game.
1: I think I think Alabama is going to actually end up making the college football playoff.
0: Yep. I same here.
1: I, I would not. I think I think Alabama and Clemson will be in the national championship. There. All right. I'll say that right now.
0: Alabama, Clemson, there we go.
1: Real quick, touch on who what four teams do you have in your playoff?
0: In my playoff. In this does? All right.
1: Let's I would let's say tra- okay, let's, I would say I'll transition
0: to the asterisks here then. You want to All right, we'll transition to that real quick. So, to start off, my top 4, I would have Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, I'll put Georgia. Really? I'll put Georgia top four. I mean, here's the thing: is that you only have three Power Five conferences. Yeah. Do you really have but Texas you don't, you don't being think, better than Oklahoma? Well, no. Do you you don't think that there's going to be a Group of Five team? No, they won't do that. Why not? They won't put a Group of Five team in there because they're not going to have the resume, especially now. But when now, they,
1: but no, no, no. But now here, now you don't have that comp. That that okay? What Power Five conference do we leave out? Now you don't right. have that. Okay. So, because here's what I think. I think. I think it's going to go. I think Oklahoma is going to actually have a better season than Alabama. I. I I'm a big okay. believer in Oklahoma. I think it'll be one Clemson, two Oklahoma, three Bama, four
0: UCF Golden Knights. UCF. Yeah. You know. All right. If I was going to choose a group of five team that would make the playoff, I'd, I'd pick, pick Cincinnati. Really, I'd have Cincinnati. Um I just, I just don't think they, they'd have. Is Josh Heupel? I mean, they. How many games did they lose last year? Three or four? I, I very few. It what? Well, I mean, still. I mean, they still had a good year. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's not zero and twelve like they were a few years ago. Yep. Um, but I, I just, I'm excited to see what Josh Heupel can actually do because I know that a lot of those players from last year and the year before uh, were part of that twelve and zero team um, that Scott Frost had built down there. Yeah. But. Uh you know UCF I still think they're a great team of course um but if I was to pick a group of 5 it would be Cincinnati. Cincinnati was a 10 win team last year. They yes, were they were dominant. Uh and Nebraska was going to have to play them this year and I would have had Nebraska losing that game. Really? I I did. You know, I really did. And actually I thought that Nebraska could have gone I knew they were going to lose one of those preseason games. I didn't know to choose either Cincinnati, it would have been a close game or even South Dakota State. Um right. but anyways, the asterisk. So do you believe that there should be an asterisk on the season, you know, for the college football playoff, for the awards such as the Heisman. Uh like what are your thoughts on all of that?
1: I'll I'll leave it short and sweet. Um I don't I don't think there should be because it's it was the conference's decisions of whether or not they play football. Okay. And so that's that's mine. Um, it's your decision to sit out. So if you're gonna sit out, you're not even in the you're not even in the conversation. And so you're not even giving your chance yourself a chance. And yes, they're gonna say it's about safety and all that, and then it's how can you argue safety? So there's not never gonna be one correct answer. I don't see the NCAA coming out and say, Yep, there's gonna be an asterisk by it or nope, they're they're not gonna come out and say that. But I, I don't think there should be because the conferences decide whether or not they want to be considered for, a, for a, a championship.
0: Right. Well, and again, I agree with you on that. Uh, they're not going to put an official asterisk on it. But I think a lot of people are going to have it in their minds, putting in an asterisk right there. Let's say Alabama wins or Clemson wins. People are going to be saying, well, they didn't have to face Ohio State. They didn't have to face um, like any of those other teams. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Oregon could have had a shot at making the playoff this year, possibly. They would have been a top-ten team, I think. Okay. I think they could have. But, uh, I mean, I was excited for that Oregon and Ohio State game.
1: Yeah, and I think – but you have to also realize that a lot of people get excited when Oregon's in the mix. Um, Think about it a couple years ago when it was Michigan State at Oregon. People got excited for that game. And so, um, I mean, even when Nebraska traveled to Oregon – it was a nationally televised game, so I think anything, anytime you get um, Oregon on your schedule, it's it's going to be a, a game that garners national attention, and just when you when you throw in the powerhouse of Ohio State, that helps. Yeah, so, um, I don't I don't know if Oregon would have had a chance to make the playoff, like you think, but. Um, they definitely – it, w- it would have been a good game out in, in Eugene. It would have been.
0: And if Oregon somehow did beat Ohio State, there's that marquee win on their uh, resume. Well, yeah,
1: then then you're starting to talk about them serious. But I, I think I've told you before and I've said on this podcast before that there's – I just I, – I was a big believer in Ohio State and they, they're just so complete and they were they, – they have all the – all the the they check all the boxes on the list needed to be a national champion.
0: Oh, and I thought that they were the best team in the nation last year. So even, did I? Even yeah, I think that Ohio State and LSU would have been one of the greatest national title games in a long time. Mm-hmm. I was really well, hoping for that.
1: Ohio State's defense was the only one that I could see being able to stop LSU's offense. Right, and, and I so mean, if we're Chase, being... Chase Young was an animal on the edge, and so it'll be interesting to see what he does in his first year.
0: Right. Yeah, and I'm excited to see. Uh, what Chase Young can do in the NFL. Uh, But, I mean, that Ohio State defense, they had Jeff Okuda. They had Sean Wade. They had, I mean, Chase Young. Thing is, is if they would have called that a fumble, the refs, you know what I'm talking about, the fumble. Um, You know, I think Ohio State would have made it Mm -hmm. to the national title game. Um, But like I said, I think, going back to asterisk, a lot of people's minds are going to have that asterisk there. And, I really don't think it should be up to the conferences. I think it should be the individual schools making a decision because, you know, like you were saying, it was their choice to cancel the season, but it really wasn't the team's Hold on. choice. Hold on,
1: you're You're thinking, you think it should be left up until the schools of whether or not they play? Right. Okay. Yep. Okay, because I thought you meant that it should be left up to the schools on... Uh whether or not there there's an asterisk, or no, something. no, no, okay. no, 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 but right. Cause I was whether to saying, play cause then, or not, then you throw in those. Oh well, I mean Alabama. You know they lose on a fumble mm-hmm. in the championship game. Oh, but if they would have if they would have kept the ball, you know, eh, if there wasn't this one penalty, we would have been national champions. Oh yeah, no. So
0: then you have all that going on. So okay, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Yep. Um. So yeah, I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? That.
1: No, no, I think, I think we wrapped it up and put a nice little bow on it. Just because you know. Um
0: there's no official word so right. it's just going to be all debate. All right. So we're going to go back to the conferences real quick. We're going to finish up with the Big 12. Uh so we both said that we love Oklahoma what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Do you see any team get in the way?
1: No, I don't. Um you know, you can look at I think TCU will be improved especially with I mean addition of JD Spielman. Um but they
0: lost Max Duggan. Yes, for the time being. I think he came out on Twitter and said it was a congenital heart defect.
1: See, and I I saw that same post, and I thought he it sounded like um, he's on the road to recovery, and he's That's coming good. back. But maybe not. Who knows? Either way, um, I think I still think TCU will be improved, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think that even though defense in, in the Big Twelve is not crazy. I think that nobody – I don't I don't see anybody getting in the way of Oklahoma. There might be a close call for the first half, uh, but I, th- I honestly think
0: Spencer Rattler is, is probably going to be the real deal. So, I mean, that's – here's the thing. I think all quarterbacks under Lincoln Riley, you're going to be able to say that. Mm-hmm. He's the quarterback whisperer in the college football world right now. Uh, you know, I like Iowa State a lot as well. Brock Purdy's a okay. – I, th- I think Brock Purdy's pretty underrated. He's not really talked about much, but – when he was a freshman, you have the top three freshmen in the nation. You had Trevor Lawrence, Adrian Martinez, and Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was put on the – he was put on the back. You mm-hmm. know, not a lot of people talked about him because, I mean, Trevor Lawrence was the guy of college football well, even as a freshman.
1: Well, you have to remember Trevor Lawrence was didn't make a name for himself until Kelly Bryan got hurt. Right.
0: And Brock Purdy, I mean, I think – I think they – did they beat Oklahoma that year? I know last year last year Iowa State almost beat Oklahoma in Norman, mm-hmm. went down last second, um, and then they're going to be playing Oklahoma, I expect, in Ames this year. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure about that. But I like Iowa State, what they can do. Um, and he, Texas, I don't believe in Sam Ellinger. I'm really he, not a big fan I, of him. I
1: believed in him last year. I thought he was going to have a good season last year, and then he kind of fell off because I watched that game against Georgia a couple years back. I believe it was against Georgia. Um, and he they, they beat him and it was okay, this, this kid can this kid can sling it. Mm-hmm.
0: But um last year he kinda fell off the, the face of the earth there. Right. Right. So Oklahoma we both have winning mm-hmm. the big twelve. Wow, we were you know, we were pretty consistent right there. Yeah, exactly. We were. All right. So we're gonna move in to some big ten. We're gonna kinda briefly discuss uh, you know, that quote unquote protests that the parents had at the Big Ten headquarters. You know, I was expecting some sort of large gathering, you know, especially being the Big Ten headquarters, maybe even having some fans show up. But, you know, it only looked like a small group of the parents, which, I mean, didn't really do anything. Well, and here's the thing is, is
1: and I, like, similar to earlier, I'm going to keep it short here. And it's kind of a joke how the Big Tw- Big Ten hasn't, said anything back. Nope. Um, they had, they've had countless opportunities to help write the ship, um, to kind of wipe some of the cake off their face, but they're not. And so when you're just standing there and we've, I know Nebraska parents have sent letters. I know Ohio state parents have sent letters and they, nobody's gotten a reply at all. It's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a bad look on the conferences part. And so, um, I don't want to say shame on the conferences, but I'm saying shame on the conferences for just letting
0: it go by the wayside and not not doing anything about it. They just want to. They just want to be honest. They just want the conference to be honest with them because they want to know. Well, they they know that it was a unanimous decision between the ads to have a football year. It was yeah, the exactly. chancellors that's and the, the presidents. That's
1: the big thing is they come out and saying and there's a, fo- a vote. And that it was twelve to two, Nebraska and Iowa were the only ones. Then they come out and say that there, yes, there was a vote, but it was actually eight to six. And now there's they're coming out. There's no vote. Okay, which one is it? What do we believe? Who do we believe? That's that's literally all we want. We just want to know actually what happened, because this this kind of cat and mouse game of of them trying to run away from the truth and not telling the fans and the conference um, people what what actually happened. And then us just trying to, you know, slowly but surely figuring stuff out. Right. And so it's just kind of ridiculous. It's a really bad, really, really, really bad look on
0: um, the the conferences part as a whole, right now. Right. And uh, you know, I know that the Nebraska parents are suing them, and yeah. I saw I saw in the letter, uh, you know, they just literally all they want is the transparency, seeing official documents reporting each person how they voted. They want to see, uh, or they want to hear the audio recordings that were made. They want to Mm -hmm. see the notes that were taken. They just want to see that. They also want answers on what's this going to mean for their eligibility. Uh, You know, if they play in the spring, we'll probably talk about this some other time, but, like, in the springtime, if that's when they play, you know, you can't go to a bowl game because you're only having two conferences that are playing. Are you going to have, like, a fake national championship game between the winner of the Big Ten and the winner of the Pac-12 or something like that. Yeah, or it's all just
1: going to be kind of completion. Right. Completion just for fun.
0: Yeah, just, yeah, exactly. And then people waste their year of eligibility. And I won't blame kids for wanting to sit out that year because it's going to be a waste. It really will be a waste. Um, You know, I think that's all we can, you know, really go on that. You know, so we're gonna go into some Nebraska recruiting, some of my favorite topics to talk about. I love it. Absolutely. Um, you know, we're gonna start with tomorrow. Tomorrow, Wednesday, August twenty fifth, on KETV, we're gonna have the decision by the big man in Council Bluffs, Thomas mm-hmm. Fedoni. Yes. Sir. I am. I, I. I'm literally so hyped about this right now. Um, you know. We talked about it last week. We think he's going to go to Nebraska. I don't think that – I mean, I know that Iowa and LSU are making big push or pushes. <laughs> yeah. pushes. Um, but, you know, I really think this is Nebraska's lock right now, and I think this is going to be the marquee guy who can possibly, you know, turn some people and, like, bring them to Nebraska because yeah. he is that big name. He is that guy that people are going to want to play with because he yeah. is that kind of a game changer. Well, and – I, I, I agree with you there. Um
1: and I wouldn't be surprised if he's already technically committed to Nebraska mm-hmm. and he's just making it public tomorrow.
0: I did see a picture of him and um it was kind of, it kinda of reminded me of like the Omar Manning thing when he was taking pictures on Twitter, he had Nebraska wristbands on. Thomas Fedoni had a Lewis Central wristband and he had a Nebraska wristband. Yeah. Uh, so but I then, really think but, that he's secretly committed. Yeah. But and I'm excited. Tomorrow's going to be great. going to be a great day for Husker fans, hopefully. It'll be very awkward if he does not choose Nebraska. It's going to be really awkward, and then next week in the show we are going to be very sad, and we are going to be very uh, <laughs> lost for words, I would say. Exactly, exactly. Um, but, you know, like we said, this past week has actually been pretty good for Nebraska. Um, you know, we can actually start with uh, the transfer. I forgot what day last week, but we found out that Oliver Martin, who yep. was a former four-star out of Iowa – uh, he went to Michigan, yep. and I think he went back to Iowa, and now he's transferring to Nebraska. Um, what I have heard is that, you know, he's a great worker. He, uh, I mean, he's a great player, of course. I mean, mm-hmm. he was a four star coming out of high school. But the problem is that Iowa has such a loaded wide receiver core last year, especially. He wasn't really able to get the time that he would want. Um, and I think Nebraska is kind of looking for right now a little bit more experience as we get those younger guys kind of brought up, such as the Marcus Fleming, Flemings, yep. Alonze Brown, those kind of guys. Um, but I think that's a huge get for the Huskers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, like you said, um, it's it's bringing in a wide receiver with that has experience and that we can plug in and play right away. know um, Noah didn't really work out for us, you know, a couple years back, but mm-hmm. um, we're hoping that Oliver Martin does and. In in an offense like Scott Frost, you can never have too many wide receivers. No, and so too many playmakers. And uh, so I, I think it's. I mean, you, you look at it and you're adding another body to the work uh, to the workload in uh, the wide receiver room, and and they're ready to get going.
0: Right, and so then yesterday morning on Monday we had the commitment of Kobe Brett. You know, it was kind of a surprise, I think, to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I I think that's been a growing theme of this class is that is out of nowhere. I mean, people knew that he was going to go to Nebraska, mm-hmm. but maybe he wasn't going to commit right then and there. Yeah. But so he is a defensive back out of West Side. Yeah. Uh,
1: what do you think about him? I think he's he's going to be a good depth player um, for Nebraska. Um, I will. I kind of want to look at, take a step back and look at it a bigger picture and just realize about the the kind of talent that Nebraska is starting to produce. Um, because if you if you would have looked, you know, ten years ago. Very minimal amount of guys would be coming out and be having power five offers. Now you're looking at it, and you know, you don't You, you have Avante Dickerson, you have Garrett Snodgrass from a couple years ago, you have um, Garrett Nelson as well, Garrett Nelson from Scott's Bluff, you have um, a couple walk ons, uh, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, yep, Isaac Gifford. Y- you have those guys, like I think I said, Avante Dickerson out of. Uh yep. you have Xavier Betts, um Jalen Bradley from a couple years ago. You have bigger guys coming out that are that are bigger name players. And then if you look next year, we already there's a five star out of Omaha Burke named Devon or Devin Jackson. Did he Devon. actually get a five star? I, I, th- I think he's got to be super close. Yeah, he is. I know that. Um, top twenty player in the country right there. And so out of Omaha. And so Nebraska's already been working hard on him. Barrett Roode has been, and so just the development of the the level of football in at the high school level in Nebraska is starting to to grow, and it's it's a great sign for hope or hopefully for the Scott Frost coaching staff because their biggest thing when they came here was homegrown Huskers. Here we go, guys that want to play for Nebraska. Well, you're not going to find that anywhere else but your own
0: backyard, and that's Lincoln, Omaha, and the surrounding areas. Right, exactly, and so. Here's the thing. Do you think that the addition of Kobe Brett is going to help at all in trying to get Avante Dickerson?
1: I don't know. I think I think you know we haven't heard much from Avante Dickerson re- recently. I think the fact that there's no season is going to hurt Nebraska's chances, right. just because you're not going to be able to get him for an official visit. Exactly. Um, he's he's not gonna you know. If let's say Minnesota would have had a, a horrible season and Nebraska, you know, went seven and three, then you're like, okay, you know, maybe I need to take a look at take a look at Nebraska here. Um, but I think you know, I, it's going to be tough to realize or for it's going to be tough to draw Avante Dickerson away from PJ Fleck in Minnesota, in my opinion.
0: It, yeah, I think you know, I think it will be tough. It was. Again, a surprise for him to get to Minnesota yeah. in the first place. But I think that's something that helps Nebraska's case is how much they're fighting for this football season. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. P.J. Fleck, and he said that he had you know, questioned all of his players, and not one said that they wanted to have a season. They all said that it was the right choice. I'm like, you're telling me that 150-whatever guys yep. that you were talking to you know, going to college to play football, the sport that they have dedicated their lives to, they do not want to play football? Yeah, that's the thing. And so I just, I, I think it's very interesting.
1: Um, I, I would almost see, instead of a reason to get, or for a, a outside shot at maybe drawing Avante towards the Huskers with the commit, with the commit of, of, of Bretts, I would say it as a, since we didn't get Avante Dickerson... Let's keep that connection with the Omaha West Side open, right? And um, and take a, take a, a player with a little less talent, mm-hmm. but um, so that's why I think he's going to be a good depth player um, for Nebraska because you're not going to see him compete with Deontay Williams in the secondary. No, and so um, I just I just think that it was more of a depth move, right, to get him
0: rather than a playmaker move like we're seeing with Fedoni, Right. And good for him. Exactly. Good for him especially. Exactly. All right. You know, we're going to move on to the NFL. Um, you know, big thing happened is that we have said this a couple times throughout this podcast so far. They had 77 positive tests in one day. One day. And it's been crazy because they had zero for about four weeks now. And then they had 77 one day, sent it back to the another lab, they all came back negative, so they are false positives. Yeah, but that is really concerning because, you know, for one, I think all of the seventy-seven were from the same lab. That the, all the fa- false positives, uh, they're from the same lab. Um, you know, it was kind of scary. So I think, but at least now there's still zero positives out of the twenty-two thousand they've conducted. And that's the thing,
1: and there, that shows you right there that it's possible. It is to, possible. To have a
0: season because without a bubble even. Exactly. And I think that's a really good look on the NFL right now. Yeah. And I think it's making uh, – I kind of want to make it say that it makes Big Ten and the Pac-12 kind of look worse, but the thing is we're on campus. They're able to kind of distance themselves, be with their family – you know these guys are multimillionaires, so they have their own home gyms and all that kind of stuff. And
1: well, and here's the thing, also, and I I think it makes the NFL look like a better, better, uh, what what's the, be the word here, better organization right. rather than the Big Ten and the Pac-12. like exactly. you Said from yep. a leadership standpoint. Yes. Because right now Roger Goodell is looking like a, a pretty smart man, and Kevin Warren's looking like a joke. Mm-hmm. And and Kevin Warren's technically supposed to replace. Roger Goodell, no way, not not after this. Not it,
0: people aren't going to want them exactly because I think is it the um, who is it that votes in the NFL Commission? I don't know if you know. Is it like the owners? They all do a vote. I know, I who knows. I it, it's different from league to league, so it's it's hard for me to right. keep them straight. Right. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's a really concerning thing. Like I said, because let's say you get a all right, the Chiefs are playing against the Ravens, and you know, of course, big game. Patrick Mahomes that Friday gets a fault or gets a tested positive. That means you're left without Patrick Mahomes against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. Come to find out, it's a false positive, and he was actually negative, so he wasn't able to play the whole entire time. Yeah. Um. You know, I really think that that's going to be a detriment. I mean, I think that the NFL is going to be worried about that now because that is too many in one day yeah it was yeah, and it's gonna be hard
1: to be able or to test all of them again rapid enough
0: exactly. to where they know for sure if they're if they have it or not right and I know the FDA they just did one of those emergency nations uh, um, of that saliva test now, which yeah. is supposed to be cheaper, faster the whole works um so we'll see how that happens how that goes um you know, and then also kind of happened in in the nfl world earl thomas was released by baltimore ravens uh do you want to discuss that a little bit yeah i mean it's 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 too bad for earl um but i think he's going to be picked
1: up by another team um it it was for conduct reasons within the team correct i think he fought somebody yeah i thought so too um i think i mean obviously Good, good look by the Ravens there saying, hey, you know, we're not going to handle it or we're not going to, you know, tolerate any of that, but it's, it's, it's a bummer. That's a big blow to their defense. And, um, but I, I would not be surprised
0: if, if he gets picked up and signed somewhere. Right. I think I'm hearing right now, a lot of Dallas Cowboy talk.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of that team, you know, mm-hmm. Des Bryant, um, or not, excuse me, not Des Bryant, um, Amari oh, Cooper? Yeah, maybe Amari Cooper is who I'm thinking about. They they sometimes sign players that have some um, criminal pasts. And so, yeah. I, I, didn't Alden Smith go there? I, who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, Randy Gregory's still on Randy team. Randy Gregory's you know still exactly technically there. What? Yeah, exactly. So, that just shows you right there. But, it's if it all works out, hey, by all means,
0: do it. Right. So, sign him. Right. You just hope that he doesn't bring a toxic culture... To his team wherever mm-hmm. you go And I think that's another reason why people are kind of worried About picking up Antonio Brown I told Brandon last week uh, You know I think the Packers If they were to pick up Antonio Brown That'd be pretty good for them because We all know what the Packers did to Aaron Rodgers that, yeah. I mean Instead of giving him a skill position Oh let's just draft another quarterback yeah. I it, it was just I don't know They really need Of course they have Devontae Adams mm-hmm. Who's a great wide receiver but he needs more playmakers on that offense to help him out. And they made it to the NFC Championship game last year. So just giving them, like, one or two more pieces and they can make it to a Super Bowl. Because Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, I would say. Okay. I would say, yeah. Even though he only has, what, one Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah, one Super Bowl. Um, so Dak Prescott, as we all know, he is kind of looking for a contract. I believe did he sign that franchise tag? Yep. He did. And yep. Uh, yes, go ahead. No. Well, my whole deal is is this. If I was Jerry Jones, I'm not going to pay him. <gasps> what? As much as no. he's looking for. As much as he's looking <laughs> Andrew. for. Oh I, my goodness. Here's the thing. You All right. I think we'll see after this year. Was it a Dak Prescott? kind of situation like he is the reason why the Cowboys haven't been doing as well as they potentially can because I mean the Cowboys are an elite team they have a lot of great players especially on that defense I love their defensive front uh, with the addition of Everson Griffin um, but I wouldn't pay him as much as he's looking for um, look just look at your own division you have Carson Wentz who has won a well he didn't win the Super Bowl but his team won in the Super Bowl before Dak Prescott did And so, are you saying that Dak Prescott deserves more money than Carson Wentz? You really think Dak Prescott deserves anywhere near the amount as Patrick Mahomes? Do you really believe that?
1: Okay, he's not,
0: but he's not asking for Mahomes' money here. He's, he's not. But so you can't, you can't compare compare that. But they're saying that he is potentially. That's how his contract is going to be. Is that it might be more than Patrick Mahomes, if not pretty darn close. Well, okay. So he's thrown
1: last year. He threw for four oh oh ninety eight yards short shy of five thousand yards. That's good. Okay. That is with Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. I mean Ezekiel Elliott was gone for the first eight games. Okay. So then all I'm going to say. He threw for 30 touchdown passes last year. More than Mahomes. That is more than Mahomes. With only 11 interceptions.
0: I mean, that's good. Here's the thing, though. Where's the Super Bowl ring? Okay, so take away Mahomes' Super Bowl ring. Do you think he gets paid as much as he did? No.
1: No, he does not. Look at his second year. If you take away Mahomes' Super Bowl ring, he is losing. He does not get $200 million of that.
0: Uh I don't know. He does not get that. he does not get 10 years and he does not get 500 mil. Here's the thing is Brett Veach is a great GM for the Chiefs and you know I think Patrick means more to the city of Kansas City. Yes, but Dak you, means you, to you Dallas. don't have
1: that opportunity yet with Dak at Dallas. You don't have that opportunity in a place like Dallas. That, Dallas is a bigger market than it is in KC. It, it
0: is a bigger market, I mean, because it's a nationwide market rather than kind of... A regional. Right. Um, but the thing is, that can also kind of hurt because you're going to have a fan base that is kind of split. I mean, the Dallas Cowboy fan base is split on Dak.
1: Who would you rather have... Are Okay, so are you saying they need to
0: draft a guy? Mm. I know
1: because they're, they're too good and they're going to have too good of a season to be even in contention to draft a top tier quarterback like a Trevor Lawrence right I guess when you put it that way um, who I mean who are they going to trade for Deshaun Watson okay then you think, they won't think, get Deshaun Watson okay so then who else who's who would you like to see in a Cowboys uniform that they could trade for, that they realistically could trade for they, that would
0: be better than Dak. Like, they realistically... There's nobody.
1: Pay that man! <laughs> I No, I honestly think that he is a franchise quarterback, and when you measure him up to the other quarterbacks, he has the... Awareness, he has the knowledge of the game. He's good enough to be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Part of it you also have to realize is Jerry Jones is not a, 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 at, at all similar to uh, Brett Veach down in or up in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no similarities there. Okay, yes, Dak does not have a Super Bowl ring, and that's going to take a, quite a bit of money off of him. But still, this guy through for thirty touchdowns last year and only eleven picks. I mean, yes. I'm not
0: saying that he's a bad player. But
1: I'm but saying me, I but think... I'm saying for the Cowboys, you don't wanna if you're the Cowboys, you wanna spend the money and just say, you know, maybe we need to bite the bullet and spend fifty more million than we wanted to right now. But we're locking up a franchise quarterback for eight years. Okay. I could all right. I can I can see that. And then if he's if he totally goes downhill In a couple years, then go ahead by all means. When you when you see his value going down, and here's the thing is I think he's going to do awesome in Mike McCarthy's system.
0: I mean, yeah, I I really like I said earlier. I think that we're going to see this could have been a coaching issue. Um, You know, I think it was embarrassing that they couldn't even make the playoffs last year. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have that kind of team, I don't know how. uh, But you know, again, but if you're going to be a quarterback making all that kind of money. Shouldn't you be able to lead your team to the playoffs?
1: But here's another thing I also think about: is he? I don't want to say yes. He had the weapons, and so yes. One part of me is like, yeah, yeah. He should have won a super, or he should have at least, you know, done something in the playoffs. I just, I think that you have to. You can't. You you can't let him walk, and then look back two years from now and say, man, we really should have paid Prescott because, you know, Sam Howell from North Carolina is just not doing the job right now. Um, you know, Justin Fields is a great quarterback, but he just doesn't fit our system. Um, you know, or, man, Trevor Lawrence, he he's a heck of a quarterback. He just doesn't mesh well with Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. And then it's like, man, who do you get rid of? Marian and Zeke or Trevor Lawrence. Well, or <clears throat> he's getting into his prime. I don't think he's even in his prime yet. Because every year he's been getting better and better. He's improved every year. And so I think this next year is going to be a big year. I think he's going to be a huge, huge plus for the Dallas Cowboys. And they're going to end up paying him because they need to realize they just need to bite the bullet and say, we need to lock up a franchise quarterback rather than settling like we have in the past, and that's why we're not winning ballgames.
0: Okay. And, you know, I would like to thank everyone for listening to this podcast. Um, this was a great discussion today, Nick. I Absolutely. Really, really thought we did pretty well today. Um, follow us on Twitter, myself, at LegitAndrewH, and then Nick is at Nick Sainert, Uh S-E-N-H-E-R-T. No, close, oh.
1: S-E-H-N-E-R-T. That All right, was really there we though. go.
0: There we go. Uh, later on this week for Pod Power, check out Conspiracy Theories. I believe that comes out on Thursday. Uh, if you follow our main account at Pod Power Three on Twitter, you will be able to see when that comes out. Um, and then I believe next week was uh, where Haley and Megan talking about releasing Small Town Girls. Is that the twenty eighth that it comes out?
1: It, it, it's something close. And be yep. be prepared for that one. That one's going to be a good one. I it think. Will. I think a
0: lot of people are going to enjoy it, that one. Yep, that's going to be a great one as well. And again, if you guys are interested in joining Pod Power, please either DM one of us, go to our main account, DM that. Um, you know, we're really we're looking for more people. I think that this is a great opportunity. If you've never even been into podcasting, but you've kind of considered it, this is a great experience for you guys. Uh, mm-hmm. But with that, I'll leave it there. Nick, see you next week. See ya. All right, take care, guys. Have a good one.